Welcome to That's the Word, Wholesome Tales for the Whole Family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, The Butcher Paper Board Game. Bill and Paul opened the door to their apartment to find the living room floor covered with butcher paper. Don lay in the middle, furiously sketching a huge map. The two math teachers had no idea what was going on, but they weren't surprised by their roommate. Don taught history, and he was committed to finding new ways to teach his students. His roommates had seen him dress as historical figures in the past, so playing with huge sheets of paper was hardly shocking behavior. However, the roommates were still curious and asked Don what he was doing. Don replied, I'm making a board game for the next historical period I'm teaching. Don rapidly explained how the kids would play as people in the past going on a long journey across the map. They start with money to buy food and supplies for the trek. Cards and dice rolls would advance them across the map and throw hardships and calamities their way. The whole time he was talking, he sketched on the butcher paper. Bill studied the four-foot-long map with interest. Dice and cards were great, but they were limited in how well they could simulate real-world events, limited in ways that other tools weren't. That would be a perfect application for a computer program, he said. A computer program? Don asked, looking up from his work. Yeah, a computer program, Bill continued. The program could select random misfortunes the kids encounter. It could adjust conditions based on the time of year, and the kids could choose how fast they want to travel. A program could also factor in how much stuff they have and what animals they have to pull it, Paul added, starting to get excited. Bill and Paul began furiously tossing ideas back and forth about how a computer could present and play the game. The math teachers had both done some computer coding work in their studies. They had no doubt this game would be a great way to use those computer skills to teach these kids. Don, the history teacher, was intrigued, but skeptical. Well, that sounds great, he said. But I need it by next Friday. Bill and Paul glanced at each other. Yeah, Bill said, we can do that. Next Friday, Don unveiled the game to his class. He divided the kids into teams and gave each team paper maps so they could keep track of where they were in the game. It was an instant hit. Kids lined up at the computer to play the game. They would even come to school early and stay late to relive the historical journey. A few years later, when Dom was hired by the state's agency for introducing computers into schools, he resurrected the game he and his roommates had written. 
he rewrote the code, integrating research and real-world statistics based on historical diaries. The game quickly became a nationwide hit, selling more than 65 million copies worldwide, more than any other educational game ever. Few have heard of three student teachers named Don Rawich, Bill Heinemann, and Paul Dillenberger. But if you or your children are of a certain age, you may remember the game they created. The game that let you relive the journeys of pioneers across the American frontier. A game where you can make the trek from Independence, Missouri to the West Coast, but more often than not, ended with a message like, you have died of dysentery. A computer game named The Oregon Trail. And for this week, that's the word. This story brings back great memories from school when I would go to the corner and play The Oregon Trail. Although I have to say, I played later versions which uh, had better graphics than the ones initially from elementary school. Oh, really? Because there's... You played multiple versions over time. Yeah, multiple oh, multiple versions over time. I mean, one was very rudimentary. It's like the difference between Super Mario One and Super Mario Three. Think of it that kind of way. Although maybe not Super Mario Three, but it, it was just the layout was was a lot nicer. It wasn't as rudimentary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I'm sure it was a lot better than the original version because this original version we're talking about was just a text adventure where you have a printout of just text that say what's happening. And then you type in like one, two or three to pick an option. Are you serious? Yeah. That's what this game was that they're talking about. That was such a big hit is just it's printing out this slowly printing. Cause it's, it's also not printing out to a computer screen. It's printing out to a, a teletype, which is like a printer. Mm-hmm. So it's like punching in across the screen or across the paper. That's telling you, okay, what's happening. And what is all going on? Wow. So a lot of things developed over time to where the Oregon Trail is at its peak, I guess, of success. Because the reason why I say that, I don't know, because I don't know many school children. Um, My niece is, our niece is less than a year old. So I don't know what's going on in the schools nowadays. I don't think they played the Oregon Trail. Maybe I'm wrong, but whatever happened to the Oregon Trail. Yeah, because even my generation is past the Oregon Trail. Really? Yeah. The reason why I know the Oregon Trail is because y'all were around and y'all had played it. And so we had the games lying around still. I mean, I remember like Carmen San Diego, and there was a whole variety. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in the USA is Carmen San Diego? Where in time is Carmen San Diego? And th- th- that's like part of my childhood was being able. And maybe I need to confess this to a computer science major. I'm a little upset that I accomplished where in the world is Carmen San Diego. I caught Carmen San Diego, but some for whatever reason, the program had a reboot in something. So the fact that I won is not listed on that program. <laughs> so, but and what happened to all these games? So that's actually another fascinating story. So this game, the Oregon Trail was owned by a company called Mech, which was uh, or stood for uh, Minnesota 
something, 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 something. Wait, these guys are Minnesotans? Yes, these guys are Minnesotans from Minneapolis. So, or that's where they taught anyway, and Mm -hmm. that's where they developed the Oregon Trail. So Minnesota, trying to be forward with computers in the education space, created this agency called MEC, which was responsible for getting uh, computer programs and getting uh, stuff that people can start using it in the classroom. And it eventually was spun off into a separate private company Hmm. and they sold it to some investors and it made a bunch of popular games, most notably the Oregon trail. Mm -hmm. Now what happened though, was in the nineties, this company came a lot wrong. I don't remember its name, but it was some like venture capital or some sort of thing like that, where they were interested in the business side versus people like the people who founded Mac and the teachers, uh, these three guys who, were designing it to teach these guys were interested in simply just the profits and the bottom line Mm. uh, to, to the detriment of the bottom line in the end. So they went and bought up all of these uh, educational edutainment companies like the learning company, Bund, the uh, Mac, which owned the Oregon trail and they consolidated it all, turned it into what rebranded into the learning company. So that's the current day learning company and then sold it to Hasbro. In the meantime, though, while they were doing that, they bought all these companies and they fired the developers. So they bought the rights to these properties, but they didn't have anyone who could build them. They didn't have the talent who built these properties and made them amazing in the first place. Mm. So when they sold them to Hasbro, Hasbro was like, oh, great, we can make more Oregon trails like with Barbie. That was seriously it. No way. Yes, they were gonna make an Oregon trail with Barbie. That was one of the things they were going to do. But then they realized we don't have any developers to build it. We just have a bunch of names on boxes. Hmm. And so that's why all these major properties like Carmen San Diego and Oregon Trail just died because they had this shell of a company. This uh, company bought all all the entertainment stuff and then crippled the the company that they created. Isn't that fascinating? And you see that happening. And I know we had a discussion about this kind of off air, but, but basically how sometimes success can lead to the ability to forget what even brought you to success and forget the essential components that were there. So it's very fascinating and very sad because like I said, that was part of my childhood and I, I think I'm better for it being able to play the Oregon trail. Did you ever make it to the end of the Oregon trail? Oh yeah. Made it through the Oregon Trail. Made it through the Oregon Trail. Got to the end. And, um, you know, the biggest challenge for me was how to cross the river. You know? And, and, and at the very end, you have to cross like a big river. And so it's like, what were the options? One, because you can ford the river. Right. You could ford it. You could like float the river, I mm-hmm. think. That was one option. I think the float the river, at least the game I remember, like the wheels would kind of be, you know, like uh, perpendicular mm-hmm. and everything. So that's how you know. And yeah, especially when you get to the end and then you choose the wrong option and you got to start over again. It was sad, but I did make it to the end. I number rem- of times. I remember that in the game I played, or I played several different versions of it. The one of the versions I played, I didn't play it much. I think I played it maybe twice. But one version I tried was they had a thing that said, hey, ask some of your companions what you, they think. Mm-hmm. And it was just there's three options. And so you just press the button over and over again. You got the, all the three options of people telling you to do different things. So which one do you do? I, I, I don't know. 
I think it was just an informative. I thought when you had somebody ask you, they were actually giving you the answer. No, they were just giving you a random. If you, if you just click, 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 if you just press, if you just kept clicking, then you'd get a different answer every time and you just eventually go through all the answers. Well, I was pretty naive. I just figured the game was smart enough to tell me <laughs> which is the correct answer. Yeah, no, but I, I never made it very far. <laughs> I always I kind of got frustrated at the game because after I I think it was really little at the time you're walking me throughout the play it's like okay pick the banker because you have the most money mm-hmm. and then I had a family so I had like five kids and I watched it slowly as I'm going across the Oregon Trail as all my kids are dying and my wife and then finally me at the end mm-hmm. and it was like that was really depressing. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing about the game is right more often than not it was. A challenge and sometimes you didn't succeed but i think that's also another good lesson in life is that hey we are not meant to be in this world forever we have our eyes set on eternity and so i think that's a good lesson too everything doesn't always wind up being as easy as we may think it is but if we persevere if we learn from our mistakes um you know we'll be able to make it to the end if you enjoy That's the Word, please share the word. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter at sonsofthunderrock.com. That's also where you can find our social links and our email if you have any feedback, or if you played the Oregon Trail and want to let us know about your experience. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family. <laughs>